as we come now to the final final mass and final conference talk, um, we come with with uh, carrying all kinds of different things. You know, we come in a sense, perhaps with 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 joy of, of newfound freedom. Perhaps we've come with a just a new realization that there's a lot of work to be done yet. There's a lot more to come, and but we should we should connect that also together of that wherever we are, that we should first of all give thanks to God. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. But also thank him for what he's going to do. And that's how we move forward. Thanking, because he he isn't stopping here. This is just a beginning, a new beginning. Now, we may have reached a, 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 a mountaintop, or we may have just crossed into the plain and realized the mountain is still 20 miles away. And that's okay, too, because God is going to walk with you. You know, and sometimes there may be things in our lives that we want to change, and maybe it's other people we want to change. You know, and the gospel kind of reminds us of some kind of a sobering advice that Jesus gives. Because he says, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. You know, sometimes the one place that we can't make any changes is the places that we're, where we're at, our own family, our own lives sometimes. Sometimes they're the hardest, most difficult places. And that's Okay. God's still working there. He's still loving there. And sometimes it's, the, it's called the, the prayer, the compunction of the heart. And the compunction of the heart is the, the prayer of the pain of our heart. That our pain of our heart is literally a prayer to God. The compunction of heart, the puncturing of our heart, the pain of our heart is literally a, a prayer to God for our family members, for our loved ones, um, for those we, we, we desire God's grace to enter into and to share and to, to transform you know, so we, we see this reality also. At present, we see it indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. You know, we don't see things clearly now. And even though um, we may see things a little more clearly today, God willing, that it still isn't always perfectly clear, nor is our future our light. You know, there's a beautiful psalm that speaks of that the God's light gives us, gives us light for the next step. Um, and that reality that <clears throat> sometimes God's light isn't like um, a, a, a search beacon on a, on, a, on a tower that goes out 20 miles. It's usually like a little flashlight that shows us the next step. The next step. The next best step. And so, no, we may not see 20 years in the future or 20 miles on the road. But God wants to give us the light to see the next step. And that's something that we have to kind of acknowledge and say, I'm okay with that. I may not see the whole future, the whole plan that God has, but all I want to see is the next step. I had a chance to walk on the Camino the last 90 miles or so in Spain, and I met a young man who would walk, I think he was walking 40 to 50 kilometers a day. Um, he was a goer. <laughs> but he talked about one of the neatest things is to walk at night, you know, and, and, but yet your flashlight, as I realized, only lights up the next step. Even on a trail, you can't see all the way down. It only lights up the next step. It's like the Word of God. The Word of God lights up the next step for us. Uh, and that's where we are. In a beautiful sense, we're kind of like the prophet of Jeremiah, you know, as he spoke to us also. He said, Be not crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them. Um, for it is I this day who have made you a fortified city, a pillar of iron, a wall of brass against the whole land. You know, that reality that, that um, God is working in your life and he's making you into a fortified city. He's protecting you. He's giving you keys now, the keys of the, uh, literally of, of, a, of a new kingdom. As you began the talks with this idea of, of going from one kingdom to another. So well, God's given you now the keys to open up the doors um, to that kingdom, um, to that fortified city. 
um, and he, he's not going to leave you crushed, um, and, and he isn't. Um, and so there is that great hope now that even though we may not have had everything that we were expecting and we know what to expect, but God is doing something. Don't doubt that. He is doing something, and he is doing something great in your life, and, um, and we, we have to be patient. Patient with God's grace to continue unfolding, you know, just like any beautiful flower. It doesn't come out as a flower immediately. It has to first form the bud and then open up and then literally be, be mature. And so are we. We have to be open, so to say, gradually opened um, in God's light and God's grace. One of the beautiful ways that, that, um, that happens also is, is with the fifth key, the Father's blessing. Uh, the Father's blessing is the great gift for us to seek and receive. Um, the blessing is from the heart of God. You know, um, speaking the heart of God into another heart, literally what a blessing is. Um, and when the people are trained, for example, to, um, to pray with you and to give you the, the Father's blessing, but Neil speaks about, you'll see this in the second half, or the last half of the, uh, of the Unbound book, is he speaks about you know, looking with the Father's heart, you know, trying to speak the words of the Father into your heart. That's a blessing, speaking the goodness of God, what God sees good in you, what God sees, what good he wants to do in your life. You know, there is a blessing. Out of our heart, our mouth speaks what is in the heart of the Father. And so, um, and God wants to reveal that to us. And so he can. What, when we speak a blessing, we speak God's heart and his thoughts into another person. You know, God blessed them, in Genesis one twenty eight says, and, and God said to them, Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish and sea and the birds of the air and all the living creatures that crawl on the, crawl on the earth. You know, and so the Father speaks from his heart, overflowing with delight, you know, all the beauty of the, what was there. And he wanted to give the, the new couple, this young couple, this Adam and Eve, even a greater gift was the gift of life, the gift of, of, of children. Um, and so he spoke that as being the first blessing, the first command, literally, to Adam and Eve. God blessed us in Adam and declared all very good. Genesis one thirty one says, God looked at everything he made and found it very good um, after he had made man and woman. And so, so in that very sense, um, we know that they are our parents. You know, and you may say, well, that's a long time ago, Father. But um, if you, perhaps you've read about it, perhaps you haven't, but there has been an uh, ongoing scientific study that's first it took from the women's side, um, and there is a there is this very specific mitochondrial uh, um, um, genetic mutation that happens in a very calculated way over time. And what they've done is they've taken samples of blood from every culture in the world, and they've traced them all back to a single mother. So that's science. Okay, so we talk about Adam and Eve, and even Saint John Paul the two second says he says in the church saying that. We have to see them, even though Genesis is written metaphorically, we have to see them as real people. They are real people. You know? And so um, and that blessing that God spoke over them, um, I, God looked at everything he had made and found it very good. You know, one thing we have to look at God also is, um, I, I do this with the kids, um, is to say, how does God look at things? You know, we say that. Well, the reality, go back to your math classes, you know, you have a little line that has two dots at the end called a segment. You have a little line that has an arrow at one end called a ray. And you have a little line that has two arrows, and it's called an infinite line. It goes on forever. I ask the kids, what does it look like? When you look from this side, it looks like a line. When you look from this side, it looks like a line. It looks like from this side, a line. What's it look like when you look at that line from the edge? Anybody know? I heard it somewhere. A dot. Right. That's how God sees all time. He sees that whole time 
as one moment. So when he made Adam and Eve, he also saw you. He also saw you. And so when we pray, we have to realize also that God is outside of time. He sees all time as one, at one moment. That's why the Mass can be done now in time to make present in God's time, Kyros time, why we say the Kyrie, the Lord's, God's time, not Kronos, but Kyrios, God time, so that Jesus, we can be made present again at that one moment of Jesus on the cross offering his life to the Father because God sees it all as one. And so that beauty, then, is what God sees in us also. He called us blessed. He called you blessed and good at that very first moment. We can claim that. The Father imparted blessing to Jesus through his life to confirm his identity and his destiny. At his conception, in Luke chapter 1, 29-34, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Jesus means Savior. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In that very beautiful phrase of announcing Jesus' birth, we see his identity, who he is, Jesus, Savior, and we see his destiny, throne of David, his father, a king forever. So we see that blessing was given in the very words of the angel to Mary. During Mary's pregnancy, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So here, Jesus receives a blessing again from through the mouth of Elizabeth, um, Mary's cousin. At his birth, what happens? Luke chapter 2. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you news of great joy, and that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. His identity, Messiah and Lord, was proclaimed. And so the blessing, then, is that identity and our destiny. At his presentation in the temple, Simeon speaks the identity and destiny also. Mine eyes have seen, have seen your salvation, a light to Gentiles. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined, his destiny, to be for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign to be contradicted. So, there it is again. You know, even as we celebrate the presentation on, on Saturday, you know, the very words of Simeon, um, behold, this child is destined. You know, so the destiny and identity is what a blessing is, okay? So when you speak blessing to your children um, or to, your, or to your anyone, um, you, you speak that blessing is who are they in God's eyes? What does God call them to be? Who are you in God's eyes? Who, are, who has God called you to be? That's your destiny. That's the blessing of God. At his baptism, Mark chapter 1, and a voice came from the heaven and says, You are my beloved son, his identity. With you I am well pleased. At his transfiguration, while he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, his identity, and whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. We need to receive blessing at major points of life. Even if you did not hear it, the Father still spoke them. And they are eternally present and available to us even now. You know, that's a great, great, beautiful line of Neil. We need to receive blessing at major points of our life. Even if you did not hear it, the Father still spoke them, and they are eternally present and available to us even now. Claiming our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God opens our hearts to hear the blessing. To hear the blessing. 
the blessing of who we are, our identity, and who we're meant to be. These same blessings now belong to us as we identify with him. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. John fourteen twenty. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Think for a moment of your closeness to the Father. Jesus is in his Father, and you are in Jesus, and he is in you. That's what the scripture says. Jesus is in his Father, and you are in Jesus, and he is in you. Think of how intimate, how close he draws you to the Father. It is in Jesus that we are drawn to the Father. As he said, it's his very mission. It's why it's this gospel of bringing us home to the Father. And I have given them the glory, John 17 says, that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And verse 23 in I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you loved them even as you loved me. So what's he saying? I think he's saying that you love them, us, you and me, just as much as he loves Jesus. He loves you like he loves his own son. That's how much the father loves you. Again, and that you loved them even as you loved me. So the Father loves you just like he loves his own son, Jesus. Satan attempts to rob us of our freedom by attacking our identity and our life purpose, our destiny, just as he did to Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 16. Because what did, what did Satan say to Jesus in the desert? If you are the beloved son, if you are the son of God, command these stones become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Okay? So he's questioning his identity. So he wants to do that to us too. You're not really a Son of God. You're not really a daughter of God. You're nothing like him. The lies that he attacks you with. You're not worthy of something like that. The lies that he throws at you to break down your identity of who you are. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and their hands will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He goes on and says, if you pro- Next, the third time, He says, If you prostrate yourself and worship me, at this point, Jesus says, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and Him alone shall you serve. You know, um, when I first wrote these things out and typed these all up, um, it was very odd because I experienced a dislike for these verses. These verses where Jesus, where Satan was, was attacking Jesus. Um, and, and I cut and pasted them out, and pasted them. Then the last, then the last um, I didn't want even to, to put the verses in of temptation. Increased and even became physically discomfort, discomfortable for me. Until I realized it wasn't me, but a spirit that didn't like these verses. These verses that are so firmly say, get away, Satan. It's written, the Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. You know, And as I then typed those verses, all desolation and physical discomfort instantly disappeared. You know, so sometimes he resists us, and he makes us discouraged, and maybe, maybe physically ill, because he doesn't want us to do something. Something that's good, something that's holy. Something that's going to hurt him, or reveal the truth about his lies. If Jesus was tried, we will be tried. Jesus said, if they have persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. 
And do not fear the world, for I have overcome the world. No, these are all the things that Jesus said. Do not fear the world. I have overcome the world. The test is not for God to find you what is in your heart, but for you to find out what is in your heart, what is truly in your heart. Satan presents the lie of, re- of rejection to us when we are corrected. If our identity and destiny are not valued and affirmed, we vacillate between the extremes of self-righteousness and self-reliance, in rules and given up in hopelessness. He attempts to bring bondage through lack of blessing in childhood. That's a huge one. You know, by not receiving our Father's blessing, by not receiving the words of, of affirmation and confidence from our mother and father, you know, it, it really is a, a, a stealing, a bondage that, that we receive. You know, but how do we do that? You know, um, sometimes God will show us, and if we pray and asking Jesus, show me the truth about my childhood, where were you? And maybe we'll see the Blessed Mother holding us you know, when our mother and father weren't. Maybe we'll see Jesus playing with us when no one else was. You know, and those can change our lives because we see the truth. And we ask Jesus to show us the truth, reveal the truth to us. We stand against the schemes of the enemy by taking responsibility for our own lives. We do not blame our parents, but take up the hope and power offered us in Jesus Christ. You know, um, that we, we, we know that we go on now. And, and even though we stand on a, what looks like a, a, a broken foundation, you know, and then maybe we're, 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 we're uneasy because our foundation is, is, is weak and it's, and it's uh, destabilized. But it's Jesus Christ who comes in and fills the gaps with his love. And maybe that's a prayer we need to say. Jesus, fill in my, the gaps in my life with your love. Fill the gaps. Fill the gaps with your love. Of our broken foundation. Of our brokenness, you know. I once had a, had a company come out to, it's called Tuck Pointing, where they, in, in the church, and they, they grind out all the bad mortar in between the bricks, and they put in new mortar so that it becomes stable. And that's what we're asking Jesus to do. Fill in the gaps of my life with your love, Jesus. Heavenly Father, fill in the gaps of my life with your love. Fill them and pray that. And pray it every day. Because only he can do that. A doctor can't do that. A psychologist can't do that. But God can. He can fill in the gaps of our broken foundations with his love. God wants us to learn um, blessings drive away insecurity and fear. You know, and, there's, and so the blessings that we receive and acknowledge, and, and it's even asking God, Father, let me hear the blessings you were speaking to me in my life when I needed them, because he was. And we have to ask him, let me hear that now. I want to hear those blessings. And let me speak to our heart. Perhaps before we do that, we have to, say, we have to renounce the lie that I can't hear God speak to me. There's a good one to renounce. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I can't hear your voice. That I can't hear your voice. Or that I can't recognize your voice. You know, that's, that's one we all think we all need to, to renounce. There's two responses to not receiving blessings. One is try harder, self-righteousness, self-reliance. I can do it. Other ones, give up, self-complacent and worthless. Those are the two responses we shouldn't do to blessing. 
The response to blessing is to accept it and say, Thank you, Lord, and claim the blessing. Claim the blessing. God wants us to learn how to bless others also, because blessings are incomplete until they are given to someone else. Isn't that amazing? They're incomplete until they're given, until they're shared, you know? What a beautiful way of seeing that. You know, blessing isn't complete until I bless someone else. You know, it's, it's like that beautiful, I, I, one time, I, uh, very early in my priesthood, I was, um, well, I was with the, I think I was in, maybe in Hastings, but I was um, just in complete desolation, going, what in the world is going on here? I had no idea why I was in such just discouraged desolation. And I think I was with the, with the, with the children in the classroom, and I used to teach them, whenever you see a priest, ask the priest for a blessing. And so they would, I think I ran, I went into a classroom and, and they asked for a blessing. I said, oh, sure, absolutely. So I had him stand up and give a blessing. And as I gave the blessing, the discouragement all left. What I realized that I was blessed in giving a blessing. As a priest, I was blessed in giving a blessing. So ask your priest for a blessing. You might knock him off his socks, but uh, he might be shocked. That's okay. That's okay. Because he'll be blessed in giving you a blessing. You know, what a beautiful thing to do. Um, ask for a blessing. Ask for a blessing, especially from bishops. You ever get into a front of a bishop? Bishop, have your blessing. You know, um, let them be blessed too. But the same way is with you. Give a blessing. Speak a blessing to somebody's heart, and you'll be blessed also. How do we give blessings? Um, the meaningful touches, hugs, and spoken words of the families parts of family blessing are important. By them, parents envision and speak identity, priceless value, and a future for their children. The remembered and shared family stories add to a child's identity and help the child to know who they are and who that they belong to the family. You know, those are great things to share and to reminisce on. This is my family. This is who we are. God has been whispering to you and speaking to you about who you are. And he wants you to be free to claim who you really are. So I ask you to listen with a parent's heart. Listen with a parent's heart for a moment. When I was five, I got hit by a car by someone trying to miss our dog. When I was eight, I got diabetes, type 1. When I was 10, I got run over by a tractor and broke my femur in two places. And two weeks after I got off crutches, I got knocked into a grain auger and by the grace of God and my awesome guardian angel, did not lose my foot or leg, um, but had it crushed and needed 49 stitches. When I was told to write during my, discerning my vocation, I wrote all these things down. And suddenly, for the first time in almost 20 years, I heard my father in tears saying at my bedside, I don't know how you are alive. God must have some plan for you. I found out he did. My father had unknowingly blessed me profoundly in acknowledging that my destiny was in God's hands. Never doubt the power of a parent's blessing, of your blessing, that acknowledges God's thoughts, God's loving desires for your children, your siblings, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, and acquaintances of any kind. They can be simple. And they can be profound, but they're always powerful. We learn to bless others by taking up our freedom in Christ. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, 
we can hear the Father's whisper. We can know our true identity. And we can be confident of our destiny. We can be confident of our destiny. What is our destiny? Um, It's happiness. It's holiness. It's heaven. The three H's. Happy, holy heaven. They all come together. Heaven begins here in the state of grace. It begins to manifest itself in our happiness and shows forth in our holiness. You know, so um, heaven is that great glory, the great joy of knowing that we have God's life in us. You know, sometimes we walk around uh, with a cloud over our heads and we forget. We forget that we're temples of the Holy Spirit. We are temples of God. We are temples of God. You know, and that God made us. He made us in his own image. Um, He made us to be like himself. And how to become like himself is in mercy and love, in virtue. Um, But also in the joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit that we have to ask for sometimes. Because everybody has life, everybody has days that struggle and try. But it is a great joy. It is that joy that we must sometimes ask for. Jesus, you know, I remember reading about a, a gentleman who who prayed for the Holy Spirit for like, I don't know how many years, begging the Holy Spirit to come in his life. And, and suddenly after this, I don't know how many years he prayed for it, it like the Holy Spirit came in like a big way. Like he couldn't get off his couch for like a month. Literally, he was so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, he literally couldn't move for like a month. And he went on to have a great ministry, a profound ministry. But he, he begged for the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. You know, and St. Augustine says that when we pray um, and God doesn't answer our desires, it's because he wants us, our desires to enlarge because they're not big enough to receive what he wants to give us. Interesting. This man, God wanted to give him so much, he made him wait for years to receive what he wanted to give him because he wanted his desire to be big enough to receive what he wanted to give. In a sense, to enlarge in his soul by wanting God. By wanting the Holy Spirit. And so don't be afraid to pray consistently for something good. Like the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like the gift of God's love. Like the gift to know you are truly a son and daughter of God. It doesn't it, Ask for it. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of it. So that you can never forget it. Be bold in your prayers. No wimpy prayers. Be bold in your prayers. Ask for great things. I think God loves to, be, loves to answer great prayers. Jesus, our deliverer, has come to set us free. He brings to the Father's house and restores all that was ta- taken from us. We need to be aware of looking in the, in the Father's heart for what he has for other people. You know, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, sometimes um, there's a man uh, I know of who, uh, who has developed this habit of um, whenever he goes anyplace, especially restaurants, is to uh, ask anybody he sees, especially the waiters and waitresses, if he can pray for them. You know? And uh, they're usually stunned. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And, well, what a beautiful thing, you know, um, to pray for them. And, and they're shocked. I mean, they're usually griped at and complained at, you know? And here's something. I want to give you something. I want to pray for you. What a beautiful way of, of giving blessing, of just praying a blessing for someone. Maybe it's, your, maybe it's your waiter or waitress. Or maybe just asking for what they need. Yeah, I'm struggling in school right now. Or, or I've got this, or my mom's sick or something. And you pray for them. You know, that as, as a Christian, isn't that how we're supposed to share love? You know, aren't we supposed to be able to love other people? Doesn't matter who they are. You know, that Catholics were like, uh, I'm afraid to make the sign of the cross. 
you know. <laughs> you know, don't be afraid to make the sign of the cross. And I'll tell you another story. Uh, she's passed away now, but she gave a lot of amazing treats. About 22 parishes in our diocese had retreats with Gloria Anson and Father Bill Gaffney. He was a redemptorist priest, and he had the retreats on the Sacred Heart. And I'll never forget the one story she had. She had one story where she was into, in a, went to a restaurant with some others, and, and she just she had ordered things, and everything was going along. And she had, she had said her prayer and, and, and prayed for her food. And, and at the end of the meal, the waitress comes over and says, I just want to thank you because you've changed my life. And she's going, what? I didn't even talk to you except for the order. And she goes, no. When you made the sign of the cross, I realized I hadn't been in church for 20 years, and I'm going to go back. You know, God can use everything, even the things we don't even we're afraid, we don't even think about. You know, so be a kind word, be a smile, be this to sign the cross in a public restaurant. Be not afraid, Saint John Paul would say over and over again. Be not afraid to live your Catholic faith. Be not afraid to give a blessing, to speak a blessing to your children, to your to your long lost relative, to your estranged somebody, whoever. And tell them who they are in God's eyes. And tell them what God desires for them. What he wants for them. Their destiny. Why not? Why not be a light? You know, as the Christophers say, better to be one light um, than to curse the darkness. Better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. And so let us be that, that one candle. Even if it's just a tea light, that's fine. With our hearts free to accept the Father's blessing and his love, we are now able to pass that blessing on and love to others. Listen to the Father whisper his blessing to you over your life and your family. Remember the Father's whispers throughout your life. Then you could hear them, when you could hear them, and when you could not, knowing you are a beloved son and daughter of God, and that he was blessing you even in difficult times. Please stand. Heavenly Father, You look upon these, your beloved sons and daughters, and you look with the joy of only a father's heart can have. Knowing that you chose them out of the millions of different people that could have been created, you chose each one of them separately and individually and specifically. And you chose them before they were even, you knew of them before they were even born, before they were even created, you had chosen them. For all time, you had chosen them. And you chose to give them to their mothers and fathers. And in that time of of their infancy and their childhood, you were watching over them. Despite all the difficult things that may have happened, the struggles and trials, you were watching over them. And you have brought them to this moment. And we thank you. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for for these, your beloved daughters as as beautiful women and mothers, as beautiful daughters, as, as ones who have accepted your joy and have come seeking your love in this new way. We thank you, Father, for these, for these men, as young men of God, as fathers, as brothers, as friends, that they are meant to show your love to others also, as, as witnessing your fatherhood, as witnessing, even if they aren't fathers, to be a father to those who are hurting, those who are lost. And we see that, Father, you know that. You see that in them. And you see the call you have given them to bring the fatherhoods and the father's love to everybody they meet, to every child, every mother, every woman, every man that they meet. 
We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for these, for these, your beloved daughters again, that they may receive the gift of life, that they may nurture life with beauty and simplicity and with love and kindness in so many ways. For in doing that, they are extending your love into the world also. Father, we ask you to walk with them. Let them know of your love for them. Let them receive your love with an open heart. And may your loving heart, Father, pour into their hearts and heal the wounds of their hearts. May it seal those wounds with the precious blood of your Son. And may they be refreshed to be filled again with your love, knowing that your love is eternal. Lord, Heavenly Father, you, you look upon them and them all as you looked upon in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. You know, we've all left you. We've all been lost at times. And yet, every one of them, let them feel your loving embrace as you run to greet them, as you run to embrace them, as only a father can, as Jesus told us, with great joy, accepting them with all their brokenness as they turn to you. And you remember nothing. You see only their love that you have for them. You see only the beauty that is in them because you created them in your own image. We thank you, Father, and we ask you now to, to seal the graces of this retreat in their hearts, in their souls, with the precious blood of your Son. Seal these graces in their hearts so that they may continue to bear fruit, and so that, be it in a week, a month, a year, or a decade, the grace will still be there and will still be bearing fruit and will not stop until they have reached your kingdom. We thank you, Father, and we praise you for your love for each one of us. And we ask you now to seal your, seal your love upon them with your Holy Spirit and wrap them in the spirit of love that is your, your loving gaze and allow them to be comforted and led by, your, by the Blessed Mother as she leads them always deeper into your love in the heart of her Son. We ask all this through Christ our Lord.